Hello, this is Maurice Harker. I'm glad you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. What you're about to listen to is a set of principles that come from the discoveries I've made as a therapist working with married people and people fighting for self-mastery. And so please enjoy what you're listening to. And then when you want more advanced training, look us up at Life Changing Services, especially if you're a married person, check out the Marriage Repair Workshop and the Lazarus Lectures. Enjoy what you listen to. When you're trying to nurture at the same time being ready for something dangerous, I was trying to access my memory of a, of a familiar setting. And the image that came to mind was we had a tradition for several years of going ice skating for, for part of our Christmas, December traditions. Well, when my daughter was about five or six years old and she really wanted to skate by herself, I was like right next to her the whole time. And I'm not a good skater, so that makes it even worse. Okay, so I'm trying to skate right behind her and I'm trying to create this atmosphere of we're having fun. Isn't this fun? We're all relaxed. We're having fun. And every time she moves her skates, I'm waiting for her to slip and smack her head on the ice. And I'm just like, so, you know, are we having fun? Well, don't ask me if I'm having fun because it's a nightmare for me. Like one year she did fall, but she didn't hit her head. But I'm such a clumsy skater. My skate ran over and cut off the tip of her glove on her fingertip. I almost ran over my own daughter's finger and sliced it off. And did you have fun? And I'm like, don't ask me if I had fun. So we're trying to create, you know, we've got a man present who's like my daughter ice skating as a six-year-old. And she's, and he's like, yeah, I got this. I'm good. Don't hold my hands. I can do this on my hand. You're like, we're all going to die. Everyone in the room is going to die. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? So I, I wonder if that's at least close to the feeling you have. Are you having fun yet? No, I'm not having fun yet. There's not no fun happening here whatsoever. Next piece of information. Always remember that your vision of what is needed will be beyond your capacity to fulfill it. So when you're asking yourself the question, stewardship, what is my responsibility? You will always fail. Always. And the reason you will always fail is because you have the gift of vision that is beyond your capacity. And so it's very important to know that your father in heaven already knows that. So you want to do a little pre-grieving to know, I have a vision. It's a beautiful vision. It's a glorious vision of providing nurturing and protection for my loved ones and to help my family heal But there's only so much you get to bring to the table. And if you know in advance it won't be enough, you can be at peace at it before you do your work. You can get peaceful about it. It's it's strenuous for your heart and mind, but it's part of what God is, part of what helps us stay dependent on him. Okay, so make sure you do your pre-work, your pre-grieving of your limitations. Then you bring your contribution. Now, I really carefully use the word contribution as to bringing the solution. The solution is bigger than you. The solution is broader than you. The influence that needs to happen on each person's brain and heart 
in that circumstance to achieve the vision that you have described for yourself and others. It's you don't have what it takes to influence that much, that many people. And if your brain starts to think, how can I make sure, how can I make sure you're already screwed? You are already in trouble. If the phrase make sure is running around in your head, even Jesus did not make sure people followed him. If you're going to be like Jesus, you cannot make sure people grow up mature and follow Christ. You have to let go of the individual choice in those areas. So I do not envy that angst or distance between ideal and what you can actually bring to the table. That is a very painful gap, all right? Then you begin very clear on what you're going to bring to the table. So maybe in your circumstance, you have a husband who is ready for some signals, which is a common thing in sports when they're trying to work as a team, where if he's trying to execute a plan of presiding and he slips towards dangerous, he might be ready for signals that you both come up with where he acknowledges your husband might have the maturity to understand that he gets it wrong sometimes. He might even be able to describe it himself. Like with our son, I do fine until a certain moment and then I lose my patience and I want to strangle him. I know I do that. I'm aware of that. And so I need to keep that in mind that I can do that. I can be sarcastic. I can be gaslighting. I can be dismissive. If the man uh, is already aware of his dangerous behaviors, that makes things a whole lot easier. I hope he can list most of them um, as he's worked on them. And then just create a signal that says, all right, so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to stay in nurturing cautious mode. Like I'm following an ice skater. I'm going to nurture, nurture, nurture. But if it becomes dangerous, I'm going to react fast. I'm like, ah, did that, uh, nope. And just create a signal and intervention that says, okay, that was fun. We're going to stop for now. We're going to take a break for now, et cetera, et cetera. And so ideally, if we're shooting for those uh, deep, intimate interactions, um, because a lot of this complex family healing cannot be done unless we've worked through season one. Uh, you, there's a lot of things a mother can do for her kids um, without the father's involvement to help with the nurturing, healing, resiliency process. So we don't have to have involved. There's a lot of things a father can do. Ideally, it's done by both parents. But if we're not in season two, then that's not really an option. So um, if you can't sit down, so, so what you might do with the tools we talked about today is you, uh, you bring your pieces of paper for that family gathering, that family, some version of family healing process. And I don't mind, ladies, if you uh, nudge a husband on, hey, I've been pondering the stewardship of helping our kids heal from what we've been through. Would you do your man in the mountain thing and uh, bring me a piece of paper that has your ponders on the vision, why, the action plan, et cetera, and bring it and we can talk about it? Now, if the guy blows you off, then you know that he's not ready to play ball. But it's, it's, it's fine if my wife nudges me and says, hey, I could use your thoughts and feelings on this following subject. Is tomorrow night a good time for us to talk about it? Don't come to me and say, I need your thoughts and feelings on this, assuming I've already had thoughts and feelings about it, because I probably haven't. Don't ask me what they are right now. Uh, invite me to go think about it and then bring back my thoughts and feelings at another time. And so if he's ready to practice psychological intimacy, then he can gather that and bring it to you. And together you can start to try to create with that, that uh, fine line between psychological and spiritual intimacy, 
Uh, it's a glorious thing when you can have revelations together that give you solutions. First of all, there's two different styles of these. There's the ones that in a psychologically intimate conversation, you plan together, okay? You plan together like, okay, um, I, uh, thinking about myself in particular, my son in his developmental years, I could do really well with him until I hit a threshold and I would lose it where I would become impatient and sarcastic and frustrated. So if I say to my wife, we, sh we should probably do something in those moments to keep it from getting worse. I would want to signal for myself first because I'm a big boy and I have big boy pants. I could go, Maurice, how about you first have a signal for yourself where you go, I'm, I'm losing it. I got to get my head on straight. I'm going to step away. Um, if not, then ladies, it's always better if he tells you what the signal would be for him. Babe, maybe if you like stand up and uh, say, I'm going to go get a glass of water. Okay, or a hand on my knee or a hand on my shoulder. You know, if you're if he's feeling playful and sarcastic, if you stand up and give me that mom finger thing, like you're being naughty, you need to go fix your issues. Okay. It depends on, I mean, if he comes up with a signal, it's even better. If he's not ready for that type of interaction, you probably shouldn't be trying to approach your kids as a unified front in the first place. But if you're forced to, like, hey. We committed to have family home evening no matter how much the parents hate each other. That's fine. But you're going to have to like be blatantly obnoxious when you feel it's dangerous. No, what you're teaching right now is a false principle and it's psychologically damaging to the children. I'm not going to just sit here while you damage and gaslight the kids. Sorry if that's offensive. But if you're not going to be on the same page with me, I'm going to do my stewardship to protect. And you can complain about it to your mother tomorrow. So... You got the two different styles. If we're trying to be together and he's trying to be connected to you, then you plan it in advance. If not, you just have to be ready to jump in. And you're not going to do it in a way that he goes, thank you. I love that you intervene with my flawed parenting styles. I'm always edified by you stepping between me and my children. Not likely you're going to get a glorious response when you protect your kids if he's in that state of mind. And so sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. If he doesn't take it well, I, ladies, I know that um, your instincts for having all interactions end with a nurturing and edifying sensation is absolutely glorious. Thank you for wanting all interactions to end well. Um, but sometimes the other person has work to do. You, can, Jesus proved that you can do it exactly perfect and other people will still respond incorrectly. So you cannot measure whether or not you did it right based on the reaction of people. That's when you go before God and you say, that was hard, I hope I got it right. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.